My brothers and sisters, this weekend is World Mission Sunday, and we join Catholics all across the world in recognizing and supporting the missions to the nations. And we've still got a lot of work to do. The Catholic faith is spread uh, very, very widely, but there are many regions in the world where it hasn't taken deep root yet. And so we've got a lot of work to do, and this is the weekend where we remind ourselves of that fact, and we are generous in supporting the missions. Now, all of us, though, apart from, you know, giving money to support missions in faraway lands, we participate in the missions church in general. The church has the overall mission of bringing the good news to the world and uh, embodying it, exemplifying it, demonstrating God's love and his goodness and his desire to come into communion with all human beings. We have the task of, uh, each one of us, has the task of showing that to the world in, in whatever context that we're in, our, our workplaces, our family lives, school, uh, educational endeavors, whatever it might be, this is our mission. Moreover, we have, each one of us, a special mission. Now, you'll probably remember two weeks of my acting debut, I acted out that little scene from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, okay? And that homily, the point there was talking about, you know, I was basically saying how uh, the, the sense of entitlement, you know, we shouldn't have the sense of entitlement. And you might think, well, you know, the sense of entitlement is rooted in the sense of specialness, so we shouldn't think that we're special. And there's, that's true, okay? So we shouldn't think that we're special in the sense that the, the rules don't apply to us, that we don't need to live in community with other people, you know, that, that sense of specialness. But there is a sense in which we are special. Before God. Before God. From all eternity, God foresaw each one of us as individuals. And each one of us as individuals is, before God, truly special. There has never been anyone like uh, Marie before her. And there never will be anyone like her after her. So every one of us as individuals, Chuck and Dan, so forth and so on, we're irrepeatable. We're completely unique. That's an amazing thing. That's really, it's a pretty deep mystery. So whenever you meet anybody, you have to say, this is not just one more human being. This is a, this is a person who's totally unique and irrepeatable, loved into existence by God. God's wisdom and his power are so unlimited and infinite that he could have created, when he, when he was deciding to create Chuck, he, he literally passed over an infinite number of possible other human beings. Okay, isn't that amazing to think about that? Infinite number of possible other human beings. And he chose instead to choose this one person and bring them into existence. And that's the case for each one of us as individuals. Okay, And so if it was God's love that brought us into our unique, special, individual existence, it only stands to reason that we have a special purpose in God's plan of love for the world. There's a job, there's a task, there's a mission that each one of us has that no one else can do. Can you imagine that? Okay, you might think, oh my gosh, that's a lot of responsibility. And, and it, it kind of is, it kind of is. 
But at the same time, it's very, very exciting, and it should be very consoling because of the, because it reflects God's special love for us. So each one of us has that mission. How do we fulfill that mission, that special mission that each one of us has that no one else can do? We do it in general, in concert with the mission of the church, which is one large task of bringing God's kingdom of goodness and light into the world, which is a place, there's a lot of darkness in the world. We see in our first reading from Exodus, uh, the Israelites, they're trying to go into the promised land, and there's these people that are opposing them, and so they're fighting to establish themselves, to bring the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of Israel, into the promised land. And uh, they do that through Moses' prayer. Okay, so Moses' whole idea of him lifting up his hands, that's a position or a posture of prayer. And so they win the battle through prayer. And when Moses' hands are down, they start losing. When his hands go back up, they start winning. Point is, is that the kingdom of the Israelites is going to be established through prayer. Everything in the Old Testament is a symbol of spiritual realities that would become established in Jesus Christ eons later. Okay, And so we are living in that New Testament era. So we can look to the Old Testament to learn things about that are true for us spiritually. So just as the Israelites had the task of bringing the kingdom of Israel into the Holy Land and establishing it and, and fighting their enemies to, to bring that about, so also we had the task of bringing God's kingdom of love into the world. And we're going to be opposed. Now remember, it's very important, human beings are not our enemies. Okay, So in the Old Testament, all the material, natural, physical enemies of Israel are symbols of spiritual enemies for Christians. So the enemies that we're talking about as Christians are is the devil and the demons. Okay, So it's our spiritual enemies. There's no human being who is our enemy. It's very, very important to know that. Okay, We as Christians are fighting for the souls of human beings. And our enemies are the, are the demons. So our task is to bring the kingdom of light into the world and to thwart the kingdom of darkness. We do that individually. We do that collectively as a church. And we do it through prayer. We do it through prayer. Prayer is so essential. It's so important. How do we win the battle of prayer? And that's what I'm going to speak about here. We see the importance of perseverance in our readings, right? Moses Okay, he had, a, had his hands up all day long. That's pretty, that's tough, you know? That was a lot of prayer. So it's not like Moses could say, okay, I'm going to pray for five minutes and then call it, call it a day. No, he had to keep going all day long. Perseverance. And that's the whole point of the parable as well that our Lord tells, okay? With the persistent widow who keeps coming to the judge over and over and over again. She doesn't give up. Okay, so also for us, Endurance and perseverance in prayer is absolutely essential. Now, along with perseverance, there's three other characteristics that have to be true about our prayer for it to be answered, okay? So listen up. I'm going to give you the four secrets for prayer to be answered infallibly. This is, this is a truth of our theological tradition. If we meet these four criteria, our prayers will be answered, no questions about it, Okay? First of all, we have to pray according to God's will. All right? So there are certain things that we know. The trick is, what is God's will? Right? Now, if we, for example, as an individual, we get uh, some kind of a sickness or disease, 
we wonder to ourselves, you know, I'd like to not have this disease. Maybe I'll pray, Lord, take this disease away from me, take it away from my wife or my son, so forth and so on. But we're not exactly sure, we're not absolutely sure that's actually God's will. Because it actually might be better for our salvation, it might be better for our spiritual growth for us to actually have the disease. So we don't know. Maybe it's God's will that it would be taken away. Maybe it's God's will that it wouldn't be taken away. And so whenever we pray about those sorts of matters that are unknown, we say, Lord, please take this disease away if it be your will. So we always condition every request of God with the, if it be your will, if it be your will. But there are some things that have been revealed to us. We don't have a question about it. We know they're God's will, okay? So that there would be religious freedom throughout the world and that the gospel would spread throughout the world. That we know for sure is God's will. Okay, that the leaven of the gospel would permeate every level of society. Okay, we know that's God's will. That God's kingdom of grace and eventually glory would be established in the world. Again, we know that's been revealed to us. We know that it's God's will for me as an individual that I fulfill my special mission that he's given to me. And so when I ask for the graces necessary to fulfill that special that special mission, I know I'm praying according to his will. That I grow in virtue and in goodness and holiness. That's God's will. I know that for sure. Okay, that's been revealed to us. So I don't have to condition that. Like, Lord, help me to get good only if you want me to. You Maybe you don't want me to. Like, I know that he wants me to. Okay, so I'm praying according to God's will. And finally, that I would be saved. That I would persevere in his grace and enter into eternal life. We know that that's God's will for me as an individual. And so whenever I pray for that, I know that I'm praying according to his will. So that's the first requirement is that we pray according to his will. If we know it, if we don't know it, we always say, if it be according to your will. Number two, we have to pray with humility. My brothers and sisters, okay, we're not the boss. We don't command God to do something for us, okay? All right, the Lord is the boss. And so we have to approach him in great humility. The Lord brought us into existence out of love. Yes. But he brought us into existence out of nothing. And he holds us in existence. Every moment of our existence, purely by his will. If he ceased to will us into existence, we would disappear. Can you imagine that? We would just simply cease to exist. Okay? That is how dependent we are upon God. All right, we're not calling the shots here. He is. All right, so we have to know everything depends upon God's will. If our very existence does, how much more so the answer to our prayers? And so we approach God with great humility. That's the second uh, condition. And then the third we've talked about, perseverance, endurance. We've got to have it. Okay, so this whole Christianity thing, it's not an experiment. It's not, you know, I'm going to try out this whole follow God thing. You know, I'm just going to give it a shot. Maybe it won't work out for me, and then I'll just kind of, you know, forget about it, all right? The Lord gave his self to the very last breath for each one of us individually. And he asks uh, nothing less than us, from us as well. We are to give all of our lives to him to our very last breath. So total perseverance. And then finally, trust. Trust, my brothers and sisters. We've got to have confidence, not in ourselves, but in God. And uh, if we understand how much he loves us, that he brought us into existence out of love from a myriad of possible persons that he create, that he could have created and he didn't, but he created one of us 
us as individuals. He loves us. He's placed us on this earth. He's put us, he's called us to be a member of the mystical body of Christ. He's given us a special mission to cooperate with the church's universal mission. How much love he has for us as individuals and as a community. This inspires confidence in us. Okay, He is on our side. He's not against us. He's not an adversary. We've got him in our corner. Okay, And so we can be confident that he wants to answer our prayers. And so if we pray according to his will and humility and with perseverance and with trust, we know that we're going to be able to fulfill our special mission and we know that the mission of the church is going to be established and fulfilled. And it's going to, be, it's going to happen through prayer.